Good morning, friends. Seems really weird to preach on Proverbs and wisdom when I just threw a CD at high speed at a little girl and almost killed her. You know, just saying that seems a little, we can learn a little wisdom. Bring it, don't throw it. Let me give you a quote. Measure twice. Measure twice. Cut once. You guys, is that wise? Or are you like me, you're just like, I don't need to measure, cut, 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 cut. Ah, oh, I wish I had measured. What wisdom did your parents give you? Do you have any like little pithy sayings, little wise, are they called aphorisms? I don't know. But do you have any of those wise statements that your mom, your dad, your grandparents, a godmother, somebody gave you, a teacher maybe? If you have one, raise your hand because I have some, but I want to see yours. Out we go. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. Awesome. Keep going. Put the lid down. (laughs) You guys, I love this church. You wouldn't get that in 99 of 100 churches. Man, I'd love to just keep going with that. Okay, a couple other aphorisms or wise sayings. What do you got? Do as I say, yeah, well, that's definitely, a, that's definitely a statement. The wisdom of that statement remains to be seen. But that, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Any others? Just think about it. Your mom, your dad. Yeah, go. Say it one more time because I'm deaf. Amen. Amen. One or two others. You got any funny ones like crossing the road kind of things? Electric socket, you got any of those? All right, so about 15, 20 years ago, I asked the same question. And we had the normal ones, you know, measure twice, cut once, look before you walk across the street, don't stick your finger in a socket. And I said, are there any more? And Aaron Sizer's dad, who's now gone to be with the Lord, he raised his hand. He's an old country boy. And I said, Harold, would you like to share? He said, yeah, I got one. One my grandmother gave me. I said, well, what is it, Harold? He said, don't walk around in your stocking feet. Don't walk around in your stocking feet. In other words, don't have slippery socks on when you go down the steps. That's pretty good. Thank you, Harold. We appreciate that one. Any other ones? Oh, yeah. The man that sheared after him said his granddad pulled him close to his bosom and said, don't be a knucklehead, son. So there you go. There's some wise things. Maybe you have some. Today, we're going to look at a bunch in the book of Proverbs. So first thing I want you to understand is Proverbs has 31 chapters. There are actually a whole bunch of Proverbs. Like Proverbs 1 is not just one proverb. There are many. So uh, King Solomon, who wrote most of Proverbs, is said to have written 3,000 Proverbs and 800 are in the book of Proverbs. Wait a minute, Quig. You just told me there's 31 Proverbs, one for every day of the month. You can grab one, and every day you can get your wisdom update. That's true, but inside of that chapter of chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, Uh, are multiple proverbs or wise sayings. Solomon wrote them. Most were written 500 years before Jesus. Um, Let me give you one other concept, and then we'll hit the the book itself. Um, The key concept in the book of Proverbs is what? The basic message. Somebody's in the elevator say, hey, what's the book of Proverbs about? Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Do you want to be a fool? Do you want to be wise? Do you want to be a fool, or do you want to be wise? Seek wisdom. Okay, so what does that mean? Wisdom, actually in Hebrew, means to choose skillfully, to choose 
skillfully. So there's this whole thing of like, when you're making decisions in life, do I do go left, do I go right? Do I go to this college or that college? Or do I go to vocational school? Or do I go to put my kids in private school or Christian school or homeschool? Like we're seeking wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to choose skillfully or really in accordance with God's will. That is the whole point of Proverbs. Now, if you go to Proverbs, one of the things you're going to realize is it's a great book to read and it's a hard book to preach on. How many of you guys have heard lots of sermons on Proverbs? One man. Okay, see, the, the problem is it kind of looks like the Wall Street Journal. Not that I remember it because I haven't subscribed in 25 years. I don't even know what a newspaper is anymore, but I think I remember it's either Wall Street Journal or one of those big papers had like little digestive stories and they give you just enough to tease you, right? Tease you, tease you, tease you. And what you have on the front page might be like 12 mini stories that are not completely written out. That's the way the book of Proverbs feels. You've got 800 wise sayings in 31 chapters. So if you're going to preach on one chapter, you do the math. It's challenging. But the word of God is the word of God, and we're going to receive it as it is, and we're going to learn. So open your Bible or your app, if you have your app, and let's, let's do this. Do you remember when you're a kid and you take a, a rock, hopefully a flat rock, and you do what? If you throw it with a nice sidearm, a flat rock, and the water, what's going to happen? Sage, you know what's going to happen if you throw a rock in the water? It's going to go ding, 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 ding. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to look at the first uh, six or seven proverbs to give us our context, really to speak of what the whole book is about. Then we focus on chapter eight. So let's go to one. We've got to go real fast. Ready? Boom, boom, boom. Chapter one. The whole purpose of the book of Proverbs is to what? Make you wise. There's this, if you read the entire book of, of Proverbs, what you're going to see is there are two people who call out to you. There's two people. There's two things that call out to you, if you will. One is wisdom, one is folly. Two people are competing for your attention and for your ears. One is wisdom, one is folly. And who you listen to determines really the quality of your life and how well it goes with you. And so in Proverbs 1, what do we open it up? Here's the first verse, the second verse, actually. To know wisdom. The purpose of it is to know wisdom and instruction. You want to be wise? This is where you get wise. You don't get wise by adding degrees to your name. Trust me, I got a, a lot of them. Degrees do not make you wise. They give you information. They may teach you skills, but they don't make you wise. If they did, everybody who got PhDs would be wise, and we know that that's not true. So the purpose is to know wisdom and to know godly instruction, to understand words of insight. And then in Proverbs chapter 1, the verse I really want you to hang on to is verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And when the Bible here is talking about the fear of the Lord, they're not talking about like, oh my gosh, God's going to whack me with a stick. The Bible says no, because fear has to do with punishment. Christ has been punished for us, the righteous for the unrighteous. When they're talking about the fear of the Lord, they mean a holy reverence, the kind of fear that like when Jesus would come in, people would fall on their face. Even if an angel of the Lord, who's nothing but a messenger, who had been in the presence of the Lord and was reflecting his glory, even if that angel were to appear before the apostles or the disciples or even us, people would fall on their face 
in worship, in worship. So the fear, this holy reverence for the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You want to be wise? Have a godly fear and understanding of the Lord. Have a right relationship to him. That's where knowledge begins, with a holy and reverent fear of the Lord. And the second thing we see in Proverbs 1, look in verse 20. God is not trying to keep himself a secret. He's not trying to keep wisdom a secret. In fact, again, it's, there are two that compete for your ear, two that compete for your attention. There's wisdom and folly, wisdom and folly. And so in verse 20, the Lord here is talking about wisdom. It says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of noisy streets, she cries out. So do you get it? Wisdom cries out. She cries loud. She's in the market. She raises her voice. In the noisy streets, she cries out. In the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. And so God is not trying to keep wisdom a secret. If any of you lack wisdom, is it James who said that? If any of you lack wisdom, ask. God is not trying to keep his wisdom a secret. And so what I want to tell you is before you run a thousand places, the place that you run to, if you want to be wise, is to the Lord and his word. There's no other place to run. If you want to be a wise person and not a fool, you run to the Lord and you sin under the authority of his word. So in Proverbs 1, we see that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We see that wisdom cries aloud. God's not trying to keep himself a secret or his wisdom. Now to chapter 3. Go there real quick. I love this because this really sums up man's struggle and man's problem. Um, he says in verse 5 of chapter 3, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, that really is kind of the nature of trust, isn't it? You don't trust with part of your heart. Could you imagine that you're a, a mom or dad and you're in the swimming pool and you're back when they had high dives? Remember those? That dates us. High dives, you remember those things? The parents are like, Oh, dear God, don't let my kid fall off as he's climbing up. But you're in the water. You go, Come on, little campy, jump to poppy. Jump the poppy. I ain't jumping. Come on, camp. You can trust poppy. I'm not going to let anything hurt you. Okay. But he doesn't jump because he's afraid. He doesn't completely trust me with all his heart. And the Lord is saying, like, to trust me is to trust me. You're either all in or you're not in. You either trust me or you don't. You either trust me or you don't. And he says, I'm, I'm asking you, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. And it goes on in verse, uh, or sorry, chapter 4. I want you to go to chapter 4. What's the next topic in chapter 4? He's talking about how important it is to listen to your mother and your father's instruction. Parents, you should love this chapter of the Bible. You should love it. It's basically like, hey, you don't want to be a fool. If you don't want folly to have your ear, listen to the godly instruction of your mother and your father. Now, again, are we saying parents are always right? No, we're not saying that. But we're saying one of the ways God gives us wisdom is through parents. Again, they're imperfect. They're going to miss some balls. But the person who says, my mother and father are knuckleheads. They don't have any sense. Why should I listen to them? You are putting yourself in a position to not gain the wisdom of the Lord. And so we see in chapter 4, it says, Hero sons, be attentive that you may gain insight. In chapter 4, verse 7, it says, get wisdom, get insight, and she will honor you if you embrace her. Get wisdom, get insight. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. 
And so again, chapter four is telling us that not only do we get wisdom through God's word, but one of the avenues God pours wisdom to us is through our mom and our dad. Or if you're not raised with a mom and a dad, maybe your grandmother and your grandfather, or maybe a, a great aunt, whoever God has put in that position of parenting you. Listen to the wise words of your mom and dad. All right, let's go to chapter five. I told you it's gonna be quick. Chapter five. What's in chapter five? Could I just tell you that, like in baseball, I don't know if you guys like baseball. I like baseball. Um, one of the things I know about pitchers is the further along you get in baseball, the better they get, right? Do you know that? Like coach pitch is pretty much, a, for adults, would be a joke. Like we can, we can take that. But you go to the major leagues, even, even in the minor leagues, those guys are bringing the heat and they have multiple pitches. Name some pitches that pitchers would throw at a batter. Not at him, but throw when he's throwing. What are some pitches? Number one, fastball. How about this one? Curveball, number two. What's number three? Changeup. Right, you know what a changeup is? It looks like you're throwing fast, but you're really not, and the ball's slow, and the batter. What other pitches does a pitcher have? Slider. Right, they said it's impossible to hit. Chipper Jones said, when I see a guy who's pitching sliders and they're really working, he goes, I just get up there, close my eyes, swing the bat, and hope it hits. The point being that pitchers have like a set number of pitches. And what I would tell you is while Satan may have in his arsenal multiple pitches, he doesn't have to use them all because the few that he uses all the time work so well. And one of the main pitches he uses, aside from pride, is adultery, fornication. And so here in Proverbs, because the Lord knows like you're not going to, Walk in the Lord's ways. You're not going to have wisdom if you're led astray by folly who's tempting you to leave the graceful dough of your youth and go after another woman. And so there's a warning. Attention, Will Robinson. Warning. It says in chapter 5, verse 3, the lips of the forbidden woman or the adulteress drip sweet as honey. Here's what I want to tell you, friends, this morning. If, if that activity, adultery, if that were not pleasurable or fun for a season, no one would do it. No one would do it. And Christians, we need to, we need to understand that Satan's uh, gifts, if you will, are pleasurable for a season. But, but the reality is they don't stay pleasant. They don't stay good. They don't stay holy. They always lead to death. And so it says here, the lips of the forbidden woman drip honey. They do drip honey. Again, men are often led astray. Women, more and more, we're seeing more women led into affairs. And sometimes there are reasons behind that, but the Lord is warning us, stay away. Don't, yes, it looks sweet. And I have, I have men that will call me and say, Quig, you just don't understand. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm like, I've been doing this 37 years. Maybe you can enlighten me. I've never been more in love in my life. You just don't understand, Pastor. I've never experienced love like this. What they're experiencing is not love, it's lust. The lips of the adulteress drip sweet as honey. But be sure it doesn't stop there. It says, in the end, they are as bitter as wormwood. Could I tell you I've also had the other kind of phone calls? Pastor, I wish somebody had warned me. I wish I had listened to you or Tim or Barbara or Brian when you gave me godly counsel, but I refused because it all seemed so wonderful and so happy and so wow. 
And now it's just bitter as wormwood. It's always a place that leads to death. And so we see that in chapter 5. Beware the adulteress. And it says positively. I, I like when the Bible gives us positive commands. It says, um, let your fountain be blessed. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely dear and a graceful doe. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely dear, a graceful doe. And I can't read the rest because little children are in here. Okay, that's fine. So now, let's go to chapter 8. I want you to see chapter 8. That's our main chap- chapter. Starts out. So we've got the background. We see in the preceding chapters the Lord is warning us to seek his wisdom and not lean on our understanding. To heed the godly instruction of our mother and father if they're in our lives, but if they're not, whoever the Lord has placed who is a godly person. Listen to their instruction. Beware Things that drip sweet as honey, but in the end, they're a lie. They're bitter as wormwood. They're fool's gold. They lead to death. So in verse chapter 8, chapter 8, it starts out in verse 1. It says, does not wisdom call? As I told you before, as we read earlier in, in Proverbs, God is not trying to keep a secret. He's not trying to hide wisdom from you. He's not, he doesn't want you to be like a Buddhist or one of those guys that goes to Tibet and fasts and does all these spiritual rituals and climbs the stairs on his knees while eating ramen and in a, in, a, in a burlap sack, trying to climb the stairs to get enlightenment or wisdom. Our God doesn't make you do that. In fact, in, in Proverbs, he says, you who are simple. Like, he's not just calling bright people or people that have it together. He goes, you who are simple, come, listen to me. I have wisdom for you. And so the Lord is trying to Invite all to partake of his wisdom. Does not wisdom call? Yes. The Lord, first of all, who is wisdom? Who is wisdom? Because wisdom here is feminine. So are you thinking like wisdom's a woman? She's referred to that way. Wisdom is not a person. It's not a person. It's referred to with personal pronouns. But wisdom's not a person. Wisdom is what? It's an attribute of God. Right? Wisdom is the very nature and character of God. It's the holy character of God. The God who is the ancient of days, the Alpha and the Omega, the God that was, the God that is, and the God that will forever be, who knows all things, who talked to the sea, said, you can come this far but no further, who flew, uh, flung out the stars. That same God is the one who is willing to give you wisdom. So wisdom calls out. I love in verse 4, because we're thick-headed, he says it again and again and again. He says, to you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. God is not trying to keep his wisdom a secret from you. He's not trying to keep himself a secret from you. And he says, O simple ones, learn prudence. You know, everybody likes the bright person. That well-educated. I mean, it's like one of the things I love about Tim. He's got a set of gears I don't even understand, y'all. Like, I don't. I just don't have those set of gears. But the thing I love is the Lord is no respecter of persons. He will give wisdom, not just to those who have an extra set of gears, but to the simple. Any that who lack wisdom, the Lord says, come. If you lack wisdom, ask me and I'll give it to you. And he goes on and he says, you know, uh, verse 6 of chapter 8. He says, Here, uh, say, Here, for I will speak of noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. Friends, I want, you to, I want you to hone in. Give me your attention just for a second. The Lord, 
really presenting as wisdom. The Lord is saying what? He's saying, if you listen, if you listen I will speak noble things and I will speak what is right. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a guy who went off Facebook for nine months because I was so tired of the backbiting, the ugliness, the bile, the bitterness, the arrogance, the stupidity, mainly the bitterness, right? And how our souls hunger for other than that. How our souls hunger for that. And the God is saying, you know what I have for my kids? I have noble things. I think my daughter-in-law said the other day about a good book. What did you say, Rach? A good book is what? Sorry, you're in an Anglican church. We call on our people. Okay. But a good book is beautiful and lovely, and there are some other words. And true. And what I'm saying is our hearts yearn for these things, for what is good and lovely and pure. We long. And, and who are we, as Psalm 8 says, who are we that God would share noble things with us? Not trash. He wants to share noble thoughts. He wants to, the Bible says God is the lifter of your head. Oh, how we're thirsty. We're so thirsty for noble, noble thoughts from the Lord, for what is right. And he goes in verse 10 and 11, he says, you guys take it. Take my instruction instead of silver and my knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom's better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. You know, there's part of me in my flesh that struggles with the truth of this. I think, you know, hey, wisdom or gold, silver, and jewels. I think I'll take the gold, silver, and jewels because I got enough of those. I'll just buy, I'll buy wisdom. That's a lie. It's a lie. There are a lot of brilliant people. There are a lot of successful people who sabotage themselves because they lean on their own understanding. They're listening to this voice, not this voice. They're listening to folly, not wisdom. I think about some very uh, powerful people. Uh, I think of Microsoft, and I think of Amazon, and a lot of those people have billions of dollars, so many billions, they can't count all the billions of dollars they have. They're approaching a trillion dollars, and yet they can't even bring wisdom into their relationship with their wife. These men would guard their companies with their life. They probably have hit squads. Who knows what they have to protect their copyrights and protect their company and yet, they're so full of folly and foolishness that they, they can't even get their own personal relationships right, and so they end up giving away hundreds of billions of dollars because they can't even keep track of their own relationships. And so the Lord says, wisdom really is better than jewels. Seek wisdom, and all these things will be added to you. And he goes, I have, I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. The Lord has all you need. If you lack wisdom, the Lord wants to give it to you. Now, let's go to verse 9. We're going to skip ahead because it's near the end. I want you to go to, sorry, chapter 9. Chapter 9. We've been talking about what? What's the word? It begins with a W. Wisdom. And God says we are to seek wisdom. We're to hunger for wisdom. We're to listen to our mom and dad who give us godly instruction. Weighing it, of course, against God's word. But... Just as wisdom calls to you, please understand, do not be um, thick-headed. Don't be thick-headed. Please understand that while the Lord is calling to you and his wisdom is screaming for your attention and saying, if you'll just take it, I'll give it to you. There's also someone else that calls for your ear and for your attention. Look in Proverbs 9, verse 13. It says, the woman folly is loud. 
She is seductive and knows nothing. So yeah, just so the Lord is speaking to you through wisdom and calling to, to give you all these blessings, there's another one who hates you. It emanates from the enemy. It says the woman folly is loud. She's seductive. She knows nothing. And then it goes down. It says, whoever is simple, let them turn in here. And whoever lacks sense, she says. And her message is this. Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Can we just do a visual image there for a second? Y'all probably didn't do this. I like to eat. I've always liked to eat. And sometimes my mom would say, you can't have those cookies or brownies. Or I bake this cake for a neighbor and you cannot have a slice. Mom, they don't care if I take a slice. Even the Old Testament, the priest got to stick his fork in there. Sometimes when I was little, I would sneak downstairs in the middle of the night when nobody was looking. And I would find a bag of cookies or brownies and my mom was asleep and I would sit in my seat like this I'd get a glass of milk and I'd be eating and laughing and I'd be eating and laughing and grinning in the secret place I was taking the sweets and the forbidden stuff and Proverbs says what about those stolen goods stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant it says however but he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. In other words, friends, there's no free lunch. There's no free lunch. Who are you listening to? Who has your ear? Is it the Lord and his wisdom? If you have a desire to be wise, the Lord is crying out saying, please sit at my feet, take my word, learn of it. And with me, you will have blessings. We're not talking prosperity gospel, but we're talking about the blessings of the Lord. Or you can choose not to listen to the Lord, not to sit under his teaching, and to choose to listen to that other voice, which is folly. And the result is always the same. You're going to run after foolishness. Your life will be a train wreck. Um, and what the Lord is calling us to is to seek him and listen to his voice, not listen to the other voice. Seek wisdom, not folly. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.